We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Wednesday afternoon to you, John Dickinson and Alan Stiles sitting in for Damon and Ratto here for the next four hours on 95.7 The Game. Phone lines open, text line open, 888-957-9570. It is the Xfinity mobile text line, of course. Alan, how you doing, my man? Good to be with you again uh, today mm-hmm. and tomorrow for the two of us, so looking forward to it. Yeah, good, good to be here, J.D. You know, these weird days right before the... The new year, right? This has got to be one of the weirdest weeks of the year. Possibly the weirdest week of the year. But luckily, we got some Warriors to talk about. Some Warriors, they play again today. So, uh, let's get into it. Yeah, a lot going on. Warriors get a win last night over the Hornets. 110 to 105. Quick turnaround as they'll be back in action tonight. Right here on 95.7 The Game. 7 o'clock tip. 6 o'clock Warriors Live. As I'll have that for you. The Warriors and the Utah Jazz in this one. We got a great show for you coming up. 4 o'clock. 49ers Center. Jake Brendel is going to join us here on 95.7 The Game. So we'll get uh, his take on everything going on during this eight-game winning streak now as the 49ers sit at 11-4 and and just the transition from Trey Lance to Jimmy Garoppolo to now Brock Purdy as the Niners have it rolling as well as as anybody uh, in the NFL. So uh, keep it locked here at 95.7 The Game for that. Good stuff. But uh, let's start with some dubs conversation here off the top. Uh, Big win uh, for the Warriors. It wasn't a pretty win. It was a, a powerful start uh, at 37-16 end of the first quarter. Uh, but the Warriors found themselves in a tie game with about three four minutes to go. They, mm-hmm. they do enough to win it. A lot of Jordan Poole and uh, surprise, surprise, a lot of Jonathan Kaminga. Jonathan Kaminga willing the Warriors to a win. I think that is an extension of at least a small one. What we saw on Sunday against the Grizzlies where it was a young player helping them win a game that at this point I think the Warriors have to have. Exactly. And the thing about what Jonathan Kaminga did, first of all, J.D., anybody who is on the, the, the side of the two timelines that doesn't want to move the kids, they had a great night last night. That that person is probably taking a victory lap because we saw exactly what we've been hoping to see from this second timeline. You saw flashes from Jonathan Kaminga, obviously Jordan Poole doing his thing. By the way, a little later, we're going to get into this Jordan Poole situation. There was a lot of slander going on with Jordan Poole from Dub Nation on these airwaves not too long ago. I'm going to shut that down, but you had Jonathan Kaminga doing his thing. You know, e- even Moses Moody uh, contributing as well. So a lot of contributions from different guys in, a, in a, a game where Dante DiVincenzo had the same amount of points to match his number, which was zero you still had enough offense to get it done. So a great day for your kids and a great day for the Warriors all around. It's a tricky dynamic because, you know, and here's here's the deal for me. I mean, I'm almost, and, and yes, you're, you're correct. I mean, this is the second consecutive game on this homestand where the young players have impacted winning mm-hmm. against a good team, against a not-so-good team. Either right. way, both games are, are equally as important because my, my take on this homestand is, is really the collective as opposed to the individual outcomes. Mm-hmm. It's more of, hey, you go 6-2 and two or better, and you've got action. Mm-hmm. Almost 
it, regardless of how you do it. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think last night, you know, we're not at the point with this team as it's currently constituted, no Wiggins, no Curry, to where we're going to be rating wins. Like, oh, that was an ugly one, or oh, they almost mm-hmm. blew it. Bottom line is they won it, and if they hadn't won it, it would have completely wiped away the win over Memphis on Sunday. I mean, it essentially, you're back to the drawing board, and it doesn't matter at that point if the yeah. kids played well or helped because they didn't help you win a game. It means you weren't good enough, and now you're three games under as opposed to one game under, and now you got to win you know, four of the next five or the next three just to get back to 500, and at that point, the homestand's basically over. So, so right. the reality is, for this team right now, they need wins, and so they were able to, to get one. I'm I'm more looking at... How does the homestand go as a whole, you know, between now and, and I guess two weeks from, from last night, mm-hmm. uh, you know, b- being able to, to get the job done? Yeah, and when I look at, you know, this Warriors team and, and exactly where they're at right now, it's almost like a ladder, J.D., or, or as the saying goes, one step forward, two steps back. They got to st- stop taking steps back. They did that too early in the season, and they just they don't have time. They don't have time for this. They don't have time to to drop games that they're not supposed to drop. They did that too early in the season. We were talking in the pre-show. Like you said, they're mulligans. When you go out golfing, they used all their mulligans already. So it's pedal to the metal right now. I, I, I The thing about how the Hornets got into the game last night, the Warriors didn't ever play bad. I don't remember a stretch last night where you're thinking the, the Warriors necessarily let the Hornets back into the game. The they, Warriors, they were bad in the first quarter, I think. But Well... I'm saying once they got the lead, yeah. once the no, Warriors they, had the yeah. lead. I, no, I, I'm sorry. I thought you meant the Hornets. The Hornets were bad in the first. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying. I'm saying when the when you looked up and you went to go grab some water, and all of a sudden the Hornets were only down three, and I think at one point they tied the the ball game. You're wondering what happened. Was it turnovers? Was it this? Was it that? And ultimately, this Warriors team. Maybe more so than ever before, which is crazy when you think about, obviously, the Splash Brothers and Kevin Durant. They are so dependent on the three ball, and it just wasn't falling last night. And that's how the Hornets got back in the game. It wasn't bad play. It wasn't sloppy play. But when you are a, you know, live by it, die by it. And last night, they almost did die by it. But luckily, they did enough. And maybe part of that is Charlotte just isn't good enough to complete that comeback. But... To that point, you got to stack up W's. It doesn't matter how you do it. Well, we talked about it on Monday. The, the simple fact that, that the Warriors brought the right intensity. They brought the right edge. They mm-hmm. brought the right focus. They, they were gritty against Memphis. Right. They also had 18 threes. Mm-hmm. And we said, look, an extension of that game is beat Charlotte by any means necessary. And you may not hit 18 threes. Exactly. Well, guess what? They didn't hit 18 threes, but the rest of it was very similar in terms of the the effort and the intensity level and the grind. And look, Clay Thompson getting off to 20 in the first half and 14 in the first quarter. I mean, all of that helps. Jordan Poole, you know, continuing to play well and, and finishing with 24. You know, and Kaminga impacting. I mean, Kaminga had four or five plays down the stretch that were huge. You know, yeah. A dunk, the, the, the rip. Strip. The, he yeah, just the, said, give me, he deboed him. The rip he just away. said, give me that ball. Absolutely. And, and, and so that, I mean, that is... It looked at times he went up and got that rebound over Plumley, where he just he snatched it mm-hmm. away. I mean, that was in a moment. It was almost as if, and I, I jokingly said this at the top of the show, like Kaminga was not going to be denied. Yeah, like he was going to dictate that that the Warriors weren't losing that game, and and that w- was huge on a night where the Warriors are, are, are playing shorthanded. He, here's the the tricky dynamic about about the big picture stuff because all of this is related to the big picture, mm-hmm. the, the short term. It, it comes down to if the Warriors are going to make a run, if the Warriors are going to make a run in the playoffs, the one thing that I'm kind of sick of hearing is they it, nothing that happens right now matters. Right. You know, they can they can win, they can lose, they can do this, whatever. It's just get healthy, and if they're 40 and 42 or they're 43 and 49, whatever, whatever it, it doesn't matter. As long as they're top 10, none of it matters. Mm-hmm. And, and and I push back on that vehemently. And, and, and to me, if you look at the Years that the Warriors have made runs, either losing in the finals or winning the NBA championship, at some point during those years, they've put together a stretch where they were dominant. They showed you over a big-time stretch of games that they could be outstanding. Mm-hmm. Last year, they were 18-2. and two. Last year, they were, I think, 30-9 and nine and 41-13 and 13, uh, at, at their highest watermark. 
these games matter right now because the last thing you want to do if you're the Warriors is look up at the end of this homestand and be four, six, eight games under 500. At that point, what are you really playing for? And and I think there, you know, there is an urgency to the Warriors. I think led by Draymond and Clay Thompson with Curry and Wiggins out to where they know right now and they're telling us by how hard they're playing and even by playing mm-hmm. through some some being nicked up or being injured that they know that they need that these games right now and that this is a critical juncture in their season. So the thing about a season is obviously everybody says it's a marathon, not a sprint. With that being said, though, even in a marathon, if you get too far back at the beginning of the marathon, you might think, all right, and and I've done it before myself, J.D., okay, I'm going to keep something in the tank, then towards the end of the marathon, then towards the end of the race, I'm going to book it. Then you get there and you don't realize you're more tired than you assumed you'd be at the end of the race, and you have nothing to tap into, and I think a lot of... Warriors fans feel like they'll always be able to tap into it. We've seen flashes of that. We just don't know how much they can tap into it and how often. They call it a playoff run, JD. They call it a championship run. That means you go on a run to get this done. If we've never seen the Warriors go on a run during the regular season, why should we feel confident that they can all of a sudden go on a run to win the championship because they did it last year because they've done it before if that's all you're going off of that's not enough at some point we're gonna have to see this team go on some sort of run where they look like one of if not the best team in basketball for a stretch of five games maybe you know five games ten games it's a playoff run and they have not gone on one run yet this season well and and the other part is just the fact that at this point, I think they know that they have to win enough games now mm-hmm. to make the back end relevant. Like they can't, you don't, they may be able to play well down the stretch once Curry comes back, even if they don't right now. But I think they've got so many winnable games in this homestand that they know that, that, Right now, if you can get a six and two, if you can get a seven and one, if you can push to where you're over that 500 mark, and then you get Curry back and you get Wiggins back at some point here prior to that, then you're not going to be wearing yourself out if you have that hot stretch with the core group together just to get back to 500 or just to fight to be in the play in tournament at seven, eight, nine, and 10. Because to me, all of that amount of good play is going to be so taxing. And look, I think even last night is an example. Last night was a hard fought win. Like that tells you, I think, and should let Warrior fans know for the rest of this homestand how difficult it's going to be to get wins. All of these games are winnable. Nobody's disputing that, but none of them are going to be easy. Yeah. Like they are going to have to bring a level of play Every single game. Otherwise, as we saw last night, they were a play away from losing to Charlotte at home. And and yeah. and they're, they could be a play away from losing to Utah or a play away from losing to Portland or Detroit or Orlando or any of these teams. They're going to have to keep bringing it. And I think the Warriors are realizing, Alan, that bringing it now in these games is going to help them not have to grind so hard when they have everybody down the stretch to right. where they wear that group out to a point where if you're the seven seed, you don't have enough in the tank, not to get through the play-in tournament, but, but to get through the play-in tournament and win a first round and win a second round and win a conference right. finals and then win which uh, on, an NBA the, championship. At, which at that point would all be on the road if that if that was the path. And I know a lot of people, well, you know, the Warriors, they can, they, they've done it on the road before. Again, for, last season, for, not this season. A couple of text messages here quickly. Uh, 408 already. They haven't been healthy. Chill out. They were completely healthy the first 10 games of the year. They went 3-7. and seven. They couldn't beat Charlotte, Orlando, or Detroit on the road. Right. And, and look, completely healthy at this point, Alan, and you know this, completely healthy for the Warriors means no clay in the second of back-to-backs. And by right. the way, Clay Thompson not playing tonight. Yeah. Officially ruled out second of a back-to-back. Shouldn't surprise anybody. I know Steve Kerr did call him doubtful last night, uh, which was a step up. Typically, he's ruled him out. Uh, for for every second of a back-to-back. Yeah, and, and I'm looking at this game tonight. The Jazz, a game that you really just 
blue at the at the end of the game. That was the game in Utah when they were up. I don't know what was it, th- five points with eight seconds left, something like that. They ended up losing that ball game. They should have something ready for the Jazz, and I know there's no Clay Thompson. You should still have something ready. Ultimately, JD, when you look at the rotations, right? I keep on going back to the Celtics because that's just the the closest thing in my mind to what we saw in the finals last year. And the reason you should still be optimistic, not that we want to, you know, sound pessimistic right now. This is just what it is. The Warriors aren't in a, good, a great spot. But when you look at the rotations, I think everybody believes in the top seven players for the Warriors, right? So. Getting to getting to the playoffs, I could still understand why people are saying, look, look at that top seven. Look at what that, that starting five was doing. There's no reason to freak out. The problem is you still have to get there. And you get there by your eighth guy, your ninth guy, your tenth guy, and beyond doing enough and contributing enough so that your top seven don't feel burnt out by the time you get to the playoffs, right? I mean, even though the Celtics were able to pull it off, the Celtics are younger than the Warriors. That's just the truth. That's just the fact. So I'm looking at, I'm look, I'm not looking at what, maybe Kaminga, but I'm not looking at what Moses Moody, I'm not looking at what Anthony Lamb, I'm not looking at what Ty Jerome, I'm not looking at what these guys are doing right now in the sense of, wow, we're going to need these Ty Jerome threes in the playoffs, or we're going to need Ty Jerome to break some stuff down in the playoffs. I'm not looking yeah. at it like that. Yeah. I'm saying you have to play well so we can survive right now. You're exactly. tre- you're just treading water. you got to tread water until Steph gets back, Andrew Wiggins gets back, and even when they do get back, you have to be able to contribute so they're not having to go 110% every single game for the rest of the season. So that's why the bench matters. We don't think that Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome are going to be major contributors in the playoffs. Maybe they do do some things, but they're not going to be the reason the Warriors win the championship or not. I don't think so. Yeah. They could be based on the regular season, though. Yeah, no, not to get into in the weeds on Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome. I think Anthony Lamb potentially could be somebody that, that plays yeah. in the playoffs yeah. if, if the Warriors ultimately could convert his contract. The only way Ty Jerome's playing in the playoffs is if... Obviously, he'd have to have his contract converted. But the only way he's playing in the playoffs is if there's an injury and and one of the other guards is, mm-hmm. is out. So if if they lost Divincenzo, then we'd be talking about that. If they lost Poole or Curry or Clay, then obviously you'd need somebody. But if if Steph and Clay and Jordan and Dante Divincenzo are, are all healthy mm-hmm. going into the playoffs, then then Ty Jerome probably will be still a two-way player and, and therefore ineligible at that point. But to your point, they do need him you need right him now. now because you're down Curry and, and on some nights you're down Curry and Clay like tonight. So mm-hmm. Ty Jerome is going to play. Moses Moody's going to play. He's been playing the last couple of games. The the interesting dynamic, and it's John Dickinson and Alan Stiles here on 95.7 The Game as we're in for Damon and Ratto here on a Wensday, 888-957-9570. That is the number to join the conversation. Xfinity Mobile text line is is open as well what's interesting about the young players and and trying to evaluate the young players it, it is a conundrum because as the young players continue to play a little bit better and i think you know so far in this homestand as we've laid out two for two really for mm-hmm. for all three of them but especially kaminga uh, last night and wiseman going back to the game against memphis but all three have helped them win consecutive games as members of the rotation on this homestand. But the interesting part is we always have this discussion about do the Warriors need to make a move? Do do the Warriors need to make a move at the deadline? I know we've gone back and forth about what Bob Myers said a couple of weeks ago. I took it as the Warriors have to prove themselves to be good enough over the next few weeks and leading up to the trade deadline to want to make a move, to to believe that your record as you get healthy is is good enough to where if you add one piece it puts you over the top and you can win a championship otherwise why would you even look to make a move but the interesting part is as the young guys play better in the rotation in a sense you you don't if they're playing better you may not need to make a move because the only way you'd make a move would be if you trade one of them. Well, if they're playing better and they're starting to fit into the rotation, because it, it gets back to, to two separate conversations about their ceiling for their career 
versus can they help this team right now? What the Warriors need right now is for the three of them to be able to fit their game into a small minute box and do enough little things to help that top seven that you talked about win games. Well, if they do that consistently, and we got a long way to go because we're basically talking about two games out of the entirety 35 so Mm -hmm. far this season that they've done it, but if they're capable of doing it over, let's say, the next month and a half, mm-hmm. then maybe you don't need to make a move because you've you've got these guys in roles that can succeed short term, and that is what development looks like for the long term. So, it's kind of a catch-22. Well, they're stuck, and I'm curious as to how this gets viewed in the lens of other GMs and other teams, and I know we're still waiting to find out who's going to be a buyer, who's going to be a seller. Heck, the Warriors don't even know what they're going to be yet. We're, we're, we're hoping they're, if anything, they would be buyers, but when you look at the, the, the young core that you're talking about, J.D., so if they play well... They have more value, I would assume. Sure. But the Warriors probably wouldn't want to move them. Right. They don't play well. The Warriors say, okay, let's move them. And now you're hoping that even though they're not playing well, some GM somewhere believes that it's just due to the situation and they still believe in their ceiling. So that is what I'm not sure how it's going to be viewed. If they're not playing well, is a GM going to say, I don't really mind that they're not playing well in this Warrior system. I want them as they are and we don't have the Warrior system. We're a team that they can go out there. We've heard Kaminga could put up a double-double every day or Wiseman could put up whatever every day if he was on, everybody always says the Orlando, Orlando Magic, right? So maybe that's the case. I don't know what the GMs are looking for. I will say on Wiseman specifically, another good game out of him. And to all those, I know I know Wiseman is a very polarizing figure because of the pick and everything that comes with it. But there are some people out there that just want to find anything negative about James Wiseman to take. And I just think that if you are going to continue to think that one day he's going to just wake up and be Shaquille O'Neal... You should just let that go. I'm not saying he's not going to be a good player. I have no clue what James sure. Wiseman is going to be. Well, he, at this and if point, he does, it's going to be three or four years right, from now. At, at this probably. point, can we just take it day by day? If, if, if we're saying what we're saying about Ty Jerome and, and less, uh, less of a point, because I do think you had a good point on Anthony Lamb in terms of what they're going to do to help in this championship run, I know it doesn't feel right because he was a top pick in the draft. At this point, you have to put James Wiseman in that category as well. When you, when you look at the young players, I think this is what the Warriors envisioned as far as the beginning of the season. I think they thought they could get role-player-like contributions from each of the three, and the reality is they just couldn't at the right. beginning. And circumstances and development and you know Wiseman going down maybe and coming back and Moody getting sat down and then coming back. Kaminga has gone in and out of the rotation a couple of times. Mm-hmm. He's had his minutes dropped and, and improved. I think Steve Kerr's really tried to to manage him and, and, and use playing time as a as a carrot mm-hmm. to, hey, if you do these things, you're going to play. You don't do these things, you're not going to play, which is why some nights everybody looks around and goes, why didn't Kaminga play more? Uh, and, and But I think it's, it for whatever reason, is starting to click at a level, I think, in the last two that the Warriors thought they would have at the beginning of the season, which, you know, I still go back to something Joe Lacob said, which was, you know, running it back, and he even said, and as an extension to this, you know, they're, they're running it back to him was Steph and Clay and Wiggins and Draymond and Looney and Poole. Like right. that's that's running it back. That's your top six players right. right there. That's running it back, and and you know, it goes back to what he said even prior to that, which was, look, this team's going to go as far as those guys carry them, whether mm-hmm. it's health, whether it's you know whatever. And I think you could say it was it's those guys and. A competent seven, eight, nine, which the Warriors had last year. Once you got beyond Jordan Poole, and it was Gary Payton, and it was it was Otto Porter, essentially as the as the seven and the eight at that point. You had eight you really could trust, and everybody else kind of you know in off of that. But the reality is, it's the health of the main guys and the the ability of the main guys that are that are the ceiling, and that's where it goes back to the three and ten at the beginning. And I know they didn't have Divincenzo. I said they were fully healthy. They didn't have Divincenzo for a good, I think, seven out of those ten. But it, it's a matter of. You know they didn't win those games because the the veterans couldn't finish games on the road against bad teams or were so lackluster early that they let the games get into pickup games and then they got bit down the stretch. Yeah, and look, 
I, I think I joked earlier about DiVincenzo not having any points and it matches his number, but he did he did a lot of things besides scoring last night. His rebounding as a guard, they talk about it all the time on the broadcast, is ridiculous. Like well last right? night. His, his defensive prowess, I don't know, I'm not going to say it's GP2 level, but he, no, can, he, can do some, he can do some things defensively. So I think that, that DiVincenzo has been a huge addition to the Warriors and that's what they'd hoped. But miss me with that. They didn't have DiVincenzo. That's not, that's not the reason they lost those well, games at the top, but it was a lot though. more Ty Jerome, and it was a lot more Moses Moody before Moses Moody was maybe ready to, to play those minutes. That's the one thing I will say. I'm and, still putting it on the starters. I'm still sure. putting it on no, having and the guys, I, And I think though. Joe Lacob would. Yeah. I, like, that's the thing. I think Joe Lacob would. I think Bob Myers would. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Bob Myers kind of said to Steiny and Guru a couple weeks ago, like, you know, that's really... He really kind of hemmed and hawed at the answer a little bit, but it was... He said, you know, we lost some games we thought we would win, and, and I think that's the thing that... The Warriors probably look at the, what is it, 17 and 18 right now? Mm-hmm. They probably look at it and go, ah, 17 and 18, but, but, you know, the ones we can't explain are Detroit and Charlotte and, you know, Utah up, up for 13 seconds, Orlando. So I think they almost look at it like, well, God, you know, it could have been, those four could have been, and you can't count them as wins, but it's like if you count them as wins and they're 21 and 15, yeah. and the whole thing looks different because they'd be like fourth in the West at that point, but you can't. You can't. Like, you can't. Think of it that way, but I get why maybe they might want to. Let, let's sneak in Ryan in San Jose here uh, at 888-957-9570. What's going on, Ryan? Hello, uh, Brian. What's good, y'all? Oh, what's up, Brian? What's goody? Um, you know, one thing, like, I feel like everybody feels as if it was easy to replace these Otto Porters, these Juan Toscano Andersons, these uh, Gary Payton the second. You know, you got to remember that in the in the finals, Jonathan Kaminga barely had any minutes. Yep. And he's like 19, 20, and, and Wiseman is like, no, 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 no. Um, yeah, Wiseman. Wiseman, is he 19 or 20? How old is Wiseman? He's 21 now. Yeah. He's 21, right? So remember when Wiggins went to his first team? How long did it take Wiggins to actually get – into to basketball form of Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Like, it took time. Like, we can't force these young players to just be 2023 championships this early in the season. And, and, and you know, games like yesterday, you see where Kaminga, Steph is playing, he's working hard. Like, I feel like some of those young kids got to get in the gym, too. It's just a lot of work that's going to happen, but I, I really feel more comfortable with watching them after after Steph kind of like had to be on the side. Those guys have to step in and actually really play to get wins because I'm pretty sure they want to get wins. No, they, they have to get wins, and thanks for the call, Brian. Appreciate it. Uh, his line open, 888-957-9570. We'll, we'll continue the conversation, Alan, coming up. We're up against it a little bit. Again, uh, keep it here on 95.7 The Game. as uh, we'll, We've got a great show for you all the way up until 6 o'clock, and uh, we are sponsored by the Golden State Warriors. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Alan Stiles. We're with you till 6 o'clock. Sitting in for Damon and Ratto here on 95.7 The Game. Jake Brendel, 49ers center, joining us coming up at 4 o'clock. Right around 4 o'clock. So uh, that will be a lot of fun. It's also a Warriors Wednesday brought to you by SFO. Go to flysfo.com slash holidays. For your chance to win $1,000 toward nonstop flight from SFO today. And that's uh, by Friedman's Appri- uh, also brought to you by Friedman's Appliance, a trusted name since 1922. Visit Friedman'sAppliance.com today. So, well, good stuff there on a Warriors Wednesday. We're talking some Warriors here on 95.7 The Game.
game. 888-957-9570. Warriors with some urgency. I think that the two big takeaways for me off of the first two games of of the homestand, Draymond and Klay Thompson bringing urgency, setting a tone, and the young players contributing toward winning once against a good team and, and once against a bad team. Uh, I think it's it's a little unusual f- to see the Warriors at this point showing that level of, of urgency. I, mm-hmm. I think they're telling us, we all like to say that, that they don't care about the regular season. I think they're showing us right now that they actually do care about the regular season and that they feel that these next 6 to 8 games or 6 to 13 games or however long it is, is going to go a long way toward determining how successful this season ultimately is, even with the other 40 to go after this is done. Right. Well, I, I think I think it would be that the Warriors care about the regular season right now, to your point, because they have to. Because they have no choice. Early on in the season, we know they had the short off season. They went overseas, all that jazz. They came back. I, I wouldn't say that they felt like they could coast, but a lot of people weren't in rhythm yet. At the beginning of the season was the Steph Curry show. And although it was exciting as, as everything... It wasn't enough, and they were not winning the games where Steph... I'll never forget that game. The game, J.D., against the Suns, where they where Steph dropped 50 and they still got blown out. I mean, that was one of yeah. the most absurd games I've ever seen in my life for a multitude of reasons. A multitude of reasons. So, the beginning of the season, they didn't get it done. They were not getting the job taken care of. Now they're in a hole, and they understand we don't feel like we have the horses to where we can get what... 10 games back. Right now, they're six games back of first place. You know, we don't want to get down double digits. And we understand that with Steph out, you could blink. And the next thing you know, you are in a bit of a hole. And once you get into that hole, not only do you... That's a thing that people don't really think about, JD. When everybody says, okay, you got got you got into a hole, now you have to win games. The further you get down in the standings, the more you have to rely on other teams as well. So you can fall down and say, hey, we just got to rattle off a bunch of wins. But if other teams are still winning as well, and I don't, I, I, today's, we don't necessarily have to do the East Eastern Conference versus Western Conference thing, but this Western Conference has been everybody been beating each other up, right? So maybe that's a good thing. But at the same time, there are going to be other teams that aren't just going to succumb and lose every single game. So this idea that, okay, even if we drop, we can get to where we get to as long as we do the X, Y, and Z, that's also assuming that these other teams are going to be terrible. The other thing you can't do is assume health. Like exactly. you, you can't assume, hey, Steph's going to come back and then he's just going to play the rest of the year. And mm-hmm. Wiggins is going to come back and he's going to play the rest of the year. And maybe they do. But then Clay Thompson has to miss time, right. or then Draymond, or Draymond has to miss time at, at that. Or Jordan Poole has to miss time, and you have to figure out how you're going to mitigate that, and and that becomes problematic. So it you have to get every possible win you can when you can. Yeah. And right now there is what a lot of people believe. And look, I I wondered is the home stuff going to translate without Steph? Like I I thought people were talking a little too loudly about how the Warriors are just going to come home and snap their fingers and, and win a bunch of games. All right, so far, at least, they've showed me, okay, it seems like the home mojo is still working, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's the, the role players and or the young players playing better at home, there seems to be more of an energy and an urgency at home. Uh, and and they've been able to win a cup, you know, continue it, it rolling, really, with only one slip-up uh, at home all year, that Indiana game. Losing to Denver early is no big deal. Denver's the, the best team in the Western Conference right now, so right. that's not a bad loss by any stretch. Uh, but but what I'm getting at is they've, you know, they, they are... Sh- this, these are winnable games, so you got to go get them, and, and so far, so good uh, at this point in time. But you can't assume that you're going to be in a better position later because you may just keep thinking you are, and then you're not, and then at some point... You just, at some point, you look at your team and go, "Well, what do we do?" Yeah, because you know, because again, I keep coming back to it, and, and and I think you disagree with me a little bit. I keep coming back to the fact that this team has to show over the next month and a half that they're good enough to to add to that mm-hmm. they're good enough to try and tweak it. But what we may find is. They're playing well enough with what they've got that maybe they don't. It's you know maybe they don't need one more vet or one more player here or there. And I think that would be, in some ways, the best of of all worlds. 
but it all comes back to urgency and winning right now. Right. And and speaking of, you know, the trades and things like that, on the YouTube chat, sure. I overstand 510 says, Alan, if you could pick somebody before the trade deadline, who would it be or what type of player would it be? I, I've always said, JD, I don't know where you're at on this. I know he's not going to be available. I would take Miles Turner. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but but me personally, not as a rental. No, but me personally, if we're taking out the the possibilities, if we're just focusing on the type of player, I love for the Warriors if they could add a, a Bobby Portis type of guy, right? Sure. Somebody who can a, a, a three and D guy, another gritty guy that can hit the corner three, so you can you know do some things with him offensively, but you don't need him. But somebody to just bring a little bit more of that grit. That's the type of player I would love. I don't know what is comparable. I think the only thing comparable to that right now would be Jay Crowder. And like we talked about a couple days ago on Warriors Live, I I would even with Kaminga playing well, I wouldn't I would not say that Kaminga is untouchable. But I'm not moving Kaminga for Jay Crowder. Well, that, that, that's not yeah, going to happen. No, that's it. And and I don't think the Warriors want to move their young players for role players. Mm-hmm. The only the only way you move a, a young player that you think has a, a high ceiling for a, for a a role player is if you if you think that they're a role player. Right. Like like the one like the one guy that I could see of the group. Like Moses Moody projects to me to be a role player. Like I don't and and, and look, I, that could be right now. I mean, that, it can always change. But I still think Wiseman's high end projects to be you know, starting NBA center. Right? They right. could still be pretty good. Like I'm I'm not writing Wiseman off by any stretch. Although I do think it's going to be difficult for him to be much more impactful than we've seen him be in these last couple of games. That's still a tremendous positive. I think the Warriors believe the upside on Kaminga is immense, right? That, mm-hmm. But again, for this team, it's about can he do some of the things he's done in these last two games in a 20-minute box? Like If he can do that, then that's great. You're not trading him for a role player because you think his ceiling is is way higher than that at that point. So Moody, in a weird way, may be the one guy because, yes, he's a young player, but you may view him and his future as being a a role player. And so at that point, all right, maybe you do trade a younger role player for an older role player. But I think generally speaking, the Warriors don't want to trade any of the any of your any of your lottery pick talent for guys that are just going to be the eighth or the ninth man on a team. Yeah. And even so looking at Moody I don't know. I, I I don't know that the, it was the Warriors necessarily, but the book is already out that Moody is a low ceiling guy. That's not my words. That's everybody else's words saying he might be he might be the most pro ready, but you know he he doesn't have the highest ceiling. So I don't know what the Warriors would get back for a Moses Moody. I think we're talking about an expiring contract on top of you know what the Warriors feel would fit what they're trying to do. Should we even bother talking about at this point? In terms of what could be viewed as having some some sort of worth, I guess, in, in terms of a trade piece, do we even bring up Patrick Baldwin Jr.? Would, would, would a GM even say, "All right, I'll think about it," or would they say, "Nah, I mean, don't don't waste my time with that"? Well, I, you know, one thing that that is interesting is if if the Warriors think Patrick Baldwin Jr. is going to be a player, that could make somebody else expendable among mm-hmm. that young group. Like, it, it's not necessarily... Because you have all these young players doesn't mean you project all of them to be a part exactly. of, of your the, future the, the team. The two-timeline does not if, mean it, everybody's right, going to hit. It doesn't mean that you're going to have Jordan, Moody, Kaminga, Wiseman, mm-hmm. Patrick Baldwin Jr. as your starting lineup in three years. Right, right. You know what I right. mean? With Rollins coming off the bench, mm-hmm. you know, and that and and that's your your top six. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that. Like you could think that, hey, you know, Baldwin Jr. has you know, he's gonna be a really good player here and that means we can trade another player or Kaminga's gonna mm-hmm. be this good so we could trade this guy. Like it, it all is kind of intertwined together. But yeah, I I I don't I don't think at this point they'd be looking to move him because he's still Developing and, and who knows? I mean, internally, they may think, hey, this kid's going to be better than all three of these guys right. two years from now. He just has to get himself healthy and, and, and continue to work. So I'm, I'm less inclined to because we know little about those guys at this point to to include them. Uh, but again, I just I still think if it's if it's Bob Myers and it's Joe Lacob and, and you know, they're, they're not looking at these young players as, oh, boy, I'd really love to trade Wiseman for a 
for a rental center when the Warriors don't even play their centers yeah. you know, in the traditional way a lot of the time to begin with. Like that just doesn't that doesn't totally uh, equate to me. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. JD and Alan Styles here on a Wednesday at ninety five seven. The game. Let's get to Mitch on the phone lines here next on ninety five seven. The game. What's going on, Mitch? How's it going, guys? Happy New Year. And yeah. one you, you as well. Thank you. Uh, I just say, well, how about give Weissman a put him in the starting lineup so everything gets healthy, especially with um, with, uh, with uh, Curry and uh, other young guys picking up their game. Would it be wise to put him in the starting lineup? Thing? Yeah, probably not. Thanks for the call, Mitch. No, I think the Warriors are pretty happy with what they get on a night-in, night-out basis from Kevon Looney. I mean, yeah. Kevon Looney's a glue. He's one of the... He is one of the guys. Like, he is one of the championship core guys. Yeah. I know he didn't get thrown in like Steph and, and Clay and Draymond, and he probably shouldn't because he hasn't been around for all of them. But, I mean, he is he is right there. with Like, in Steph and Clay and Draymond's eyes, he's probably the next one along with Iguodala. That basically, yeah. I mean, when you talk about the whole, pe- like, the package deal and the core of this group, I, I just think what Kevon D- Looney does... You can't really replicate. And here's like, the thing. You're not looking to bring somebody in that's going to start over Kevon Looney. Well, if James Wiseman had been what I think we all, at his height, right, in terms of if his ceiling, if his ceiling no, I mean, is there, trade right now. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. But if he, if James Wiseman had come into the league and been tearing up the league, I, I don't know, and this is not a slight to Kevon Looney, I don't know that when they drafted James Wiseman, they thought that in the year 2023, Kevon Looney would be starting. Well, no, because at the point they drafted him, Kevon Looney had he was dealing with neuropathy and mm-hmm. and had some injury deals. And, and I'm, I'm saying when after they drafted James Wiseman, yeah, no, but that's what yeah, I'm saying. When they right. drafted Wiseman, I think Looney was a major question mark, mm-hmm. and it was really since then that he's become an Iron Man, right? Basically, going back toward the the end of that 2020 2021 season, and I mean he had helped them win. It, you know, prior to the pandemic and, and all of that in, right. in the KD era. But no, I think I think there was some question as to whether Looney was going to even be able to completely fulfill his contract that, mm-hmm. that he had signed, the first contract that he had signed. He proved himself, though, to be, I think, invaluable over that time. But no, when they drafted Wiseman, I think that may have even been part of it was, you know, they don't know about Looney. Like, right. what can he provide? But now I think Looney at this, I mean, to me, Looney's entrenched. No, he, he, he is. And I think... What's interesting about Looney is he's that a glue guy. He is the most movable, immovable part of the Warriors because he does everything that the Warriors needs. Even last night, JD, he was having some trouble with some of the matchups. Just because he's a starter, he's a starter to to add to that structure. And and as another over overused sports saying, he's a glue guy. He really is because last night Steve Kerr noticed. Okay, these matchups don't really, you know, look to be what what is in Looney's wheelhouse, here comes Kaminga. So even though he's a starter, it's not as if they use the the role as a starter uh, in the traditional sense. If something makes sense, it makes sense. If it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. So with that being said, to Mitch's point, if there is a game where Kevon Looney is starting, but but for, for whatever reason... James Wiseman's balling out, and his matchup is just the matchup that's working, he will get used... As a quote-unquote starter, even if he doesn't start, if if that's working like that. So I think you can still get what you're looking for from Jay's Wiseman as a pseudo-starter without starting, if that ever comes to be. But if it doesn't come to be, that's because, you know, it, nothing is matching up the right way. But Kevon Looney as a starter is the one that you probably don't move because you can do so much more with him after the game starts. Yeah, I, I yeah. I just don't like to me. You need him at the beginning, and and he's become a sneaky part of the offense as far as ball movement and screen setting and and all of that. And and you're you're right on the money with with the fact that it's just he's an he's a low maintenance guy. Like exactly. if, it, if it doesn't fit that night, you you take him out. He if you take him out of the the starting lineup, which the Warriors have done, he's not going to complain about it. He can be the no. first sub in and 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 make it work. And and sometimes starting small gives you an opportunity to not if 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 you start small mm-hmm. and take Looney out and then you're putting Looney in as a sub well then Looney becomes the backup center at that point right. so you don't need a backup center exactly right? and it's a way to it's a way to get away with not 
having a backup center if you don't want to play Wiseman or you don't have anybody else on the roster that you trust him. It's also a way to maybe at some point not play Jermichael Green if you did. You know, if you got into a pickle where you had this roster and didn't trust anybody, mm-hmm. that, that's that's one of the ways you can kind of manipulate it. Yeah, and, and and look, going back to to Kevon, I say this every time we speak about Kevon Looney, JD. I've probably already said it to you, but for everybody listening, look if you if you got some time off or whatever the case is, or during the next commercial break, if you've never seen Kevon Looney's highlight tape from high school. I encourage you to watch because that dude was yeah, you a hit me dude. To that. You I, hit me to that. I, I will never I hit let Whitley that go. I to that last night at the game. <laughs> Just keep, keep, the, keep the train going. Just keep the train going. It's funny. Whitley mentioned to me that, that someone had said to her that Kevon Looney was compared to Kevin Durant when yeah. he was in high school. And I said, well, have you seen the tape? And then, and then I texted her the tape that you texted me. <laughs> That's so it's making stuff. the rounds. That's it's definitely stuff. making the rounds. Uh, let's go to Nick and Berkeley next year on ninety five seven. The game, yeah. And if you haven't, I mean, yeah, check it out on check it out on YouTube. Right? It's the, the Kevon Looney what senior year mixtape. Yeah, I think is what to search for on uh, uh, for, from <laughs> high school. And yeah, there were there's a little KD. Oh yeah, in, in Kevon Looney. Uh, what's going on, Nick? Man, I'm just I'm just I just love I just love Looney Tunes, man. Because look. When he beats it out in Toronto, man, he was playing like damn near a ruptured lung. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And then he's getting in. He stats all through the playoffs, picking up the slack last this, this last season when we won the title. He's a, and he just puts his head down and quietly goes about his work, kind of like Robert Parrish used to do, man. Not really saying too much, you know what I mean? But just doing it with just like a, just a, almost like blank expression on his face. But he just, he's so intelligent the way he positions himself. He, he, he does all the dirty work. The Warriors should slip with an extra 500 grand here and there. But I'm just like this, man. I'd like to see him, Wiseman, Draymond, Clay, and Steph on the court all at the same time and see what they do with that. Thanks for the call. I mean, I think I think a lot of people would. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would. Although, and he he said Wiseman, right? Yeah. The, the 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 I think a lot of people would. I don't know that the Warriors would. And and the reason is for whatever reason they haven't. And I do think this this is something to keep in mind, Alan, with the way that the young players have played now versus, you know, what happens when Steph comes back. Mm -hmm. Because so much of, I think, Wiseman not being able to crack the rotation in particular is the fact that he just doesn't play well with Steph. And he doesn't play well with Draymond at times. And it, it, or or with Steph and Draymond. And it's like, if you can't play with those two, then you kind of can't play for the Warriors because of the way that they operate yeah and and that's the one thing because we did get a text on the Xfinity mobile text line I wanted to bring this back at, at you a little bit and it was the fact that the you know, 510 push I push back on the Warriors play of late versus early in the season the bench was not what it is now the Warriors are playing better now injured than they were fully healthy and I, I don't agree with that but the point I wanted to get to is the young players I think you could make the case the young players it's two games but they're playing better now with this team injured mm-hmm. Steph not a part of it Wiggins not a part of it and and so can they continue to play at the level that they have the next two games they're the last two games period as is that's one question but the other question is can they continue to be to function the way that they have once you add Wiggins back and the real rat on the table is once you have Curry back right and look he changes everything it's almost it's almost a you know with the the youngins playing better it's, it's almost it's a microcosm ready. of what we're seeing with Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole, we know, has played much better as a starter. Now, why is that? Probably because as a starter, they said it last night on the broadcast as well, you're not pressing as much, right? You're not you're not getting in, okay, what at what point am I going to get in? I only have so many minutes to make my impact. Jordan Poole, as a starter, just very similar to baseball. He knows he doesn't have to go 100% right from the first inning. He knows he can kind of get into it and move things along when he's on the bench it's harder to do that I feel like I gotta go now I feel like I gotta show coach that I can do this that the third even though we already got his money and I think it's the same way with some of the young players now that they know they're getting more you know consistent minutes they feel a little bit more comfortable the thing is you can feel like that right now but to your point JD you have to be able and same with Jordan Poole you have to be able to tap into this when this isn't the situation, because 
if the starters do their job, yeah, hopefully you get in early in the fourth because it's a blowout. A lot of times that's not going to happen. So you have to be able to find a way, I don't know if you need a sports psychologist or whatever it is, to tap into that feeling of hey it's a it's a happy medium between all right i don't want to rush i don't want to i don't i don't want to hurry things but i have to understand that i don't have time to to get into a quote-unquote rhythm that is why jd and i'm going to take it back to moses moody that's a guy that i always felt never needed the whole rhythm thing moses moody will come off the bench after not playing for three games and hit a corner three his first shot of the game He's always done that, yeah. and that's why it's always been kind of a conundrum to me that I'll, I'll I'll continue to talk about, you know, as I see him play. I will say that maybe I felt as I watched him play defense, maybe I thought his defense was a little bit further along than it was. I think he has like the 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 correct aura to play good defense, but maybe the idea of Moses Moody's defense actually is better than his actual defense. I think that's part of it, but I think that's what it is. I think all these guys are, you know, are playing better because they're getting into a rhythm earlier and they're not pressing, but you have to be able to tap into this once Steph comes back, once Andrew Wiggins comes back, because that's ultimately going to be your role, and we can't see a drop-off because you didn't get the same amount of minutes. Jim and Martinez next here on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Jim? Hey, guys, you guys are making some good points. I'm really pulling for these youngsters. I mean, I was such a Moody, a Moses Moody fan because he looked like he was like a six-year veteran, and it, he seems to have fallen back. But I just want to say, Kevon Looney, think back, everybody, to the finals. That guy destroyed Boston by rebounding. Just think back to that, and, he, and your, your mind is going to open up. I mean, he was like, if he didn't have 15 rebounds and, like, Seven or eight of them were offensive. That was minimum. I mean, he destroyed those guys. And uh, I'm really, I'm really liking this discussion. I'm pretty excited about the kids. I hope they can step it up while we're dealing with all these injuries, man. And uh, good show, guys. Really appreciate you guys on on there. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, Jim. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. John Dickinson and Alan Styles here on on ninety five seven the game. But yeah, you look at. At Looney, and I mean, he had some big time performances. There's no doubt. 22 rebounds in Game Six against the Grizzlies is the one that that's that still stand, you know, comes to mind. <laughs> as as the Warriors were, you know, banged up in that series, and and he was taken out of the starting lineup. And then as it goes, you know, Steph and Draymond are like, no, you got to put him back in the starting lineup. It's funny for all the times the Warriors have gone small in big moments to have success, and they they did it at times last year in the playoffs. It was like, no, Looney, and I think that was the Looney is one of us. Right, you know, kind of moments. Mm-hmm. Frankly, that that you know, we need this guy to win this series, and then he goes out and has twenty two boards in the clinching game. Yeah, against the Grizzlies and, and sends him home. Yeah, he, he just he does those things where and I and, and JD, I do love. We were talking about his high school mixtape earlier. He does have it's not the biggest bag in the world, but it's a Jan sport. You know, he's got a bag, and when. Everything kind of gets a little stuck in the mud. I, don't let don't let Looney shoot an open jump shot. His jumper it, it it's it's nicer than I think a lot of people think. Well, I think the fact that he was a, a ball handler mm-hmm. in, in his younger days, I think it actually helps him. Right, I think it helps him understand like where guards want and to get the ball and operate and exactly. all of that. Like I, I think he just I mean it's even if that's not necessarily part of his game now, you, you do still are you're just comfortable with the ball in your hands. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's clearly comfortable with the ball in his hands, whether it's having to knock down a shot or whether it's you know becoming a better screener and some of the dribble handoff stuff and the things that the Warriors do and and, and all of that, uh in addition to the things that they've asked him to do. All right, eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. We got one hour down, three hours to come. 49ers center Jake Brendel at four o'clock. He'll stop by then as we are presented by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.